damn straight we're gonna rock and fucking roll all it's right talking talking bull exactly <laughs> you know what we we could totally do like a drive time radio you're listening to the squirrel and the bull on 98.5 we should actually get into the actual show so yeah the best part of doing a podcast is doing it in my bathrobe because the dude abides by the way i'm an ordained dudist minister i can marry people and turn water into white russians the dude abides so must we all fuck it let's go bowling amen Yes. Yeah, girl, darling. <laughs> right. <laughs> the dude abides above all things, and we must abide another cycle of the political playoffs, the presidential election. But before we get into all that, I should probably introduce the show. This is Red Leg Lebowski, a podcast about all things Lebowski. White Russians, bowling, nihilists, and not fucking with the Jesus. Duh, Jesus. I'm going to go back and edit all the previous episodes to reflect the direction that this podcast is taking in Season 3. Actually, sounds like a lot of work. I guess we'll just keep the format the way it is. Welcome to Red Leg Revolution, a podcast about community. I'm Candidate Dubs, and we're going to make some, shall we say, prognostications of presidential elections. That's right, baby. It's the election season episode. I'm sure we'll do a few more updates in the next year following this breaking story, so we'll lay some groundwork. But before we get into it, I got my buddy, Comrade Joe, here. Um, that was him fucking around with me at the beginning. So, uh, what's up, Joe? How you feeling, man? What's up? Ready for third time's a charm. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we attempted to do this episode uh, about a week ago and had technical difficulties and then real life got in the way. So now we're here and I'm actually looking at my screen as we are recording and it all looks good. So we're going to actually do an episode. So before we get into this, Joe, um, this, this isn't going to be, I'm going to talk a little bit about my feelings about voting, but really we're going to try to steer away from you know, talking shit on voting um, because it's so important at the local level. But that being said, what what's your take on voting? You know, it's easy to go like the nihilistic, like voting doesn't help anything route. So I'm going to try and play devil's advocate, if only for myself, mm-hmm. and say that I think – well, when you look at the U.S. like in like voter turnout rates, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're so low compared to a lot of places, and obviously part, that's partly by design. Yeah. But um, and like the way our two-party system works and and all that. Yeah. But on the national level, like um, yeah, it's really just a lack of options and choices, and mm-hmm. like our dumbass uh, two-party system, like it's hard to have any faith whatsoever in it. And it seems like the selling point these days isn't actually selling the candidates. It's like, if you don't vote for this person, this person's getting on Supreme court and you're going to get AIDS. Or yeah. Something like that. <laughs> right. And it's like, you just kind of roll your eyes. But like you said, I, I believe in the power of local elections for sure. And I believe in the power of national elections in a democratic socialist society. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we're going to, like I said, talk a little bit about how I feel about the the elections in general. So y'all know how I feel generally about national politics, the two-party system, our banana republic elections, and sundry. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time here. To me, national-level politics are two wings, same bird. The two-party system is destroying the federal government's ability to function, if it ever was able to function. Our election scheme is as undemocratic as any country we've invaded for that exact reason, with superdelegates, restrictions of primaries, and outside influences taking precedent over actual constituents. And that's just the Democrats. Then we have the Republicans and their gerrymandering, voter ID laws, and other forms of disenfranchisement. I think voting on the national level doesn't matter as much as the local level. That being said, we do need to participate in these elections, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. For, for some reason, when I think of the Republican primaries these days, I just think of, like, Super Smash Bros. Oh, and oh. like we are it's just... We are yeah, going to get yeah. into that later, so put that in your pocket. <laughs> That's the entire... Oh, my God. I didn't even mean to bring up the Mario thing again, <laughs> but we did talk about that last... Like, I didn't even mean to do that. It's slowly becoming a bit. That'll that'll be our bit. Oh, by the way, before we jump back into this, yeah, um, this is season three, y'all. We've now done 50 episodes of this show, and we are going to go ahead and start out season three with this bullshit. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, save your uh, lib edition, right? But I will tell you, I still want dictionary.com to sponsor me. You know, that that's pretty consistent. I've been in negotiations, right? Get that fat word money. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk, uh, like the whole second part of the script is going over the Republican primary craziness. So I'm looking forward to your opinions on that. In the meantime, we do need to participate in these elections, unfortunately. It's a stopgap measure, a way we can protect our marginalized comrades and slow down our descent into full fascism. Not stop it, <laughs> no, 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 but slow it down to a degree. So as much as I hate to participate in national politics, I still do. And I will continue to do so in 2024, assuming Frank hasn't kicked my door in yet and I'm not rotting in a Guantanamo Bay black site by then. Yeah, and I will keep voting even though it's gotten me called for both my county jury duty and federal jury duty, and actually I need to fill out the federal jury duty questionnaire that was due uh, long enough that I'm probably a, a criminal for not sending it back, but downsides. You think, you think Mario and Luigi get called for jury duty? Probably in New York, there's probably multiple bench warrants out for them because they're always in the Mushroom Kingdom. Now, in the Mushroom Kingdom, I just kind of assume that they're like arbiters of justice, you know? They're they're yeah. heroes. They're just like, do I stomp them or do we lock them up? Ah, we stomp them. <laughs> Somehow, I imagine that Mario would be like a hardcore MAGA motherfucker if he was real. But Luigi, yeah, I would totally see as cool a leftist. One. Yeah. I could see Luigi being like, I've always lived in my brother's shadow. I, I identify with the underdogs. And Mario's yeah. all, shut up, Luigi. Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish we were voting for Mario and Luigi. Um, but yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, right. But it is really important that we participate in these elections because as much as I hate our system, I do know that like the trans 
genocide that looks like it's ramping up to happen is going to not happen so fast under Democratic rule versus Republican rule. Oh, wait, I forgot. Joe Biden is president right now. Joe uh, Biden. Right. But that's all state level, which goes back to the how important it is to vote in your local elections, because if your local uh, state house was made of people who actually thought like you, I assume my listeners of the show all think like me. It may be a pretty pretty bold assumption, but this is also a pretty niche market, so I don't know why you'd be listening to this unless you liked what I said, except for Tucker Carlson. He may listen to it just because he's an honored guest on this show. <laughs> Be you didn't have to have dementia to be president. <laughs> now it's a requirement. This is what Democrats want. <laughs> yes, yes, Tucker, you're coming back at the end of the show. So why don't you you just go back to the green room and drink some of those little tiny water bottles? I'm going to sue you <laughs> <laughs> right after I get done suing Fox News. <laughs> uh, all right, so back to the script. So I'm going to be honest with y'all. I haven't been following the Republican pre-primary drama, nor Biden's re-election bid. I'm jaded by all of it, but I know I need to stay up on the information as time goes by. And if I'm going to be miserable learning about the 2024 election, then so are y'all. Well, not really, because I love my comrades, so I'll try to make it humorous for y'all as much as we can. Let's get started. I think we're first going to talk about old corn pops re-election bid, then, <laughs> then talk about ex-president Cheeto. We've got like a whole pantry of options. There is a here. goddamn Cheeto in the White House. <laughs> right. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. Um, so, yeah, we'll probably wrap this up with the brief talk about the rest of the Republican field. Or we may get three quarters of the way through it and I may say fuck it and just quote the Big Lebowski for an hour and a half. You'll have to listen and see. <laughs> say what you want about the National Socialist Party, but at least they had an ethos. <laughs> yeah. uh, fucking Walter. So, hold on to your hanging chads, y'all, because we're going into the world of rat fucking. Hey, you know what rat fucking is, Joe? No, what is it? Well, besides when it's two rats copulating, <laughs> let's yeah. see. I was going to make that joke, but it just seemed like a layup. Oh, and I couldn't think of anything more clever. So. It, it gets to the point down the line where I'm just trying to use any words but rat fucking. Cause I, well, well, we'll get to it. So besides being the name of my post-apocalyptic folk punk band, it's also a well-known term in political circles. Basically, rat fucking is using dirty tricks, bribes, coercion, blackmail, and shady backroom tactics to win elections. This happens at all levels of government, but most of all for the highest office in the land. So, what do you know about old Roger Stone? Roger Stone, uh, just everything I need to know about that man... I saw in his facial tics on the documentary, and I don't think I need to know anything more about him to know that he's a psychopath. Yeah. But I do know that he's, you know, it seems like every 10 years, some somebody comes out of the woodwork, and it turns out they were pulling the strings for, like, the entire political process yeah. the entire time. Like, it, it was the Koch brothers last decade, right? and now it's Roger Stone. So I know he's one of those guys. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and he also was a world-class rat fucker. So we're going to talk about him. But like Joe said, he's a skeeve. He's horrible. And we have Donald Trump thanks to him. Which, yeah. So fuck that, dude. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. 
Oh, that one was pathetic. It's not worth leaving in. Um, so, if you didn't know, Stone was a major player in getting 45 elected, a real shit heel, and master rat fucker. So we're going to talk about him to demonstrate what rat fucking is. From an article on Politico.com titled Roger Stone and Rat Fucking, A Short History by Ben Zimmer on January 25th, 2019. Quote, Dirty trickster is one thing, but Stone, who says he will plead not guilty to the charges against him, hasn't been so eager to embrace another, more profane Nixon-era Nixon label from which he's often tagged. Ratfucker, or a political operator who engages in roguish, behind-the-scenes behavior to undermine rivals. He is inexorably linked to the term, even if he doesn't like it. Stone's specialty is being a ratfucker, wrote Will Greenberg of Mother Jones in 2017. Abigail Tracy of Vanity Fair called him a professional ratfucker last year, a description echoed by the long crime website after Friday's indictment. That political, Politico interview followed an incident that, whether Stone liked it or not, linked him firmly with the charge of ratfucking. In the heat of the Republican primaries, the National Enquirer published an unsubstantiated story about Senator Ted Cruz, then competing in the Republican presidential primary, alleging that he had five secret mistresses. Stone, an informal advisor to the Donald Trump at the time, told the Enquirer that these stories have been swirling around Cruz for some time. Cruz lashed out at Donald Trump and his henchmen after a campaign event in Wisconsin, focusing on Stone in particular for his role in the Enquirer story. I would note that Mr. Stone is a man who has 50 years of dirty tricks behind him, Cruz said, before obliquely referring to rat-fucking. He's a man for whom a term was coined for copulating with a rodent. Cruz compounded the oddity with an awkward, constructed punchline. Well, let me be clear. Donald Trump may be a rat, but I have no desire to copulate with him. End quote. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Ted Cruz is so awesome. Like, that dude is just <laughs> literally like a dinosaur in lizard form. Like, <laughs> that guy is amazingly. He's like the best televangelist preacher that's ever existed. He's on that level of genius mm. in my mind. Yeah. Like, he is so good at being a piece of shit. That <laughs> Embracing you have it. to admire it. Exactly. You know what? I, I respect that because, like, I was talking at a party, you know, the other night, and I was talking to a few people and, like, mentioned that Kesha is butt pop. And that's not bad. Like, mm. I, I mean, I don't like butt pop, but, you know, but the thing I like about Kesha is she embraces it. She doesn't pretend like she's some highfalutin artist. She's like, yo, this is the shit that'll make me money and get people up and shake their ass. So I'm like, yeah. you know, you at least got integrity. That's like that... having five mistresses is awesome. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> and also when the hurricane hits your state or a freeze or whatever the hell it was, just mm -hmm. dipping off to Cabo was like, yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> yep. That's that's a Ted Cruz uh, top ten moment right there. Cruz, we need right. a top sports center like top ten for <laughs> right a highlight reel of Ted Cruz worst moments. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Ted Cruz, let's get back to this. There's also a lot of fascinating history in that article I read about how the term rat fucking went from military bases to college campuses to the halls of Congress. The evolution of rat fucking is interesting to me. Roger Stone is a master rodent copulator. I'm going to have to figure out new ways to say it, because I've already said rat-fucking or some variation like a dozen times since we started the show. Bonus, if somebody actually keeps count, 
email me at redlegrevolution at gmail.com and I will send you a virtual thumbs up and a promo code to get 15 instead of 10 dictionaries from dictionary.com. Please give me money. (laughs) 59 dictionaries on your doorstep. Very nice. A lifetime supply. You can you can use them to write. You can use them as staircases. You can chuck them at people you don't like. You I can mean, look up. Uh, this is like the the bad word version too. They got all the bad words. So oh you yeah. Can look up yeah, this is slurs. This is words. this is the un uh, uncensored dictionary. Like mm-hmm. general public doesn't get that access. I I don't know if you guys didn't know, but dictionary.com has gone to a Patreon style model. So there are different tiers of words. They're trying okay. to reach a wider audience. <laughs> right. Okay. This bit has gone on way too fucking long. <laughs> so. Uh, let's see, where was I? Yeah, I've said it like a dozen times since we started the show. Anyway, the example of what Stone did to the Zodiac Killer is a great example of being of behind-the-scene dirty tricks. Look, I don't care how many mistresses Ted Cruz has. I just want him investigated for those murders in the 60s. The truth must be told, okay? Yeah. That's so much to ask. Right? I mean, I know it's a cold case, but we all know Ted Cruz is... Probably, for legal reasons, the Zodiac Killer. Ted Cruz legit is probably a serial killer, like a House of Cards style, like right. on journalists and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I firmly don't believe that, or I firmly believe that every single male senator and House representative at the national level has at least one dead sex worker laying at their feet. Yeah. And and I think you get more passes, like the higher the more committees you get, you know, like you're on the finance committee, suddenly you get four dead prostitutes and oh. the president gets like twelve or something. I, I don't know. I need to break into the, the Capitol and steal a bunch of important documents, but I don't want to be associated with the nut jobs who pulled J six. It's a merit system. Yeah. Right. Um so We can expect a good deal of vermin sex in the lead-up to the 2024 election, and luckily for me, it'll be on the Republican side of things again. To me, Radis Norvagicus... God, I hope I pronounced that right. To me, Radis Norvagicus, which is the scientific name for a brown rat, although I'm probably mispronouncing it. Um, Though the relations between... uh, Yeah, okay, now I gotta redo it. To me, Radis Norvagicus relations happen not only between the individual politicos, but also under the system that the Democrats operate under. The use of superdelegates or refusing to hold primary debates, for example, is some mass ratfuckery, in my opinion. To be fair and balanced, that, that's a good phrase. I wonder if any media company is currently or has ever used that. I, I need to look into that. I'm going to use that over and over. People are going to come to me because I'm fair and balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I should start a news company with that. I'll, I'll call it, um, I don't know, Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a possible Rupert Murdoch impression. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like a- that Ben Shapiro starting his new like conglomerate. I'm a big fan of that. Oh, yeah. Well, the more they fracture, as we know from the left, the more they fracture, the easier they are to kick ass. (laughs) So, all right. Um, Let's talk a bit about the lack of primary debates for the Democrats. And to do that, we're going to Newsweek. 
In an article titled, Biden Voters Want President to Face Debates in 2024 by Dara Roche on yeah. May 3rd, 2023. Sorry, I got loud there. When I copy-pasted uh, copy the headline, the author's name was all in caps, like an angry boomer saying, God bless. And I forgot Dara to say Roche! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That being said, here's the quote. Quote, the Democratic Party has been criticized for the fact that no debates. Maybe this in the Tucker Carlson voice. I can't do it in the Tucker Carlson voice. You know what? But I will gladly send this to you um, in the chat, and you're welcome to read it in Tucker Carlson. I would love to do that. Okay, let me let me give me a second. You started with the Democratic Party, and I was just like, this has to be a Tucker. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm operating. Just so listeners know, I'm operating two phones and a computer to do this, so we don't run into the problem. We ran into last time. So, okay, here we go. all right, Tucker, take it away. The Democratic Party has been criticized for the fact that no debates are planned, but neither major party has held primary debates when they have an incumbent in the White House seeking re-election since modern presidential debates began in the 1970s. Also, my penis is small. It <laughs> remains unlikely that the Democratic Party will hold any debates featuring Biden and his challengers. Political scientists who spoke to Newsweek suggested that the president has little reason to welcome primary debates. Really? <laughs> Biden has nothing to gain and everything to lose in Democrat primary debates, said Mark Shanahan, an associate professor in politics at the University of Surrey in the UK. He is co-editor of the Trump presidency, From Campaign Trail to World Stage. So the chances of him agreeing to take part are somewhere between none and even less. <laughs> End quote. Thank you very much, Tucker. All right, go back to that green room. There's some juice boxes back there, and I'll call you out later. I'll, I'll have. He's just walking off. He's like, "This is this is what the Democrats want." Right. <laughs> just muttering to himself over and over. Democrats won. Democrats won. <laughs> oh yes, his mind broke a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so it's not precedent for a sitting president to debate primary challenges, which to me isn't democracy. You know what else isn't democracy, though? Um, uh, I don't – what is? Capitalism. Uh, so uh, we're going to jump to commercials. So what are your plugs for this episode? My plugs? Yes. There is a general election coming up in Kansas City. And you guys should vote for all of KC Tenet's endorsed candidates if you live in the KC Metro. Word. And that's all I got. Cool. So, yeah, check out KCTenants.org. I'm sure they have that voting guide there. And mm -hmm. you can check that out. And the election is the first week in August, right? Correct. Hey, I do pretty good for someone who hasn't lived in KC for, like, 10 years or something. Not bad. It's a big <laughs> right. election. Right. Um, and I will promote mutual aid voting like i said we we have to do it but the real power is in things like mutual aid and i've been doing a bit of mutual aid for my neighbors and i've benefited a bit from mutual aid from my community in the past month and it is never a bad time to say help your friends and they will help you so in order to do some mutual aid and help my friends here's some ads we'll be right back 
Hey y'all, capitalism sucks, but Benavie Farms and Nursery is part of my community. Benavie Farms and Nursery is Kansas City's local sustainable nursery whose main focus is saving our little buzzing comrades, the bees. Bees are a primary pollinator for the world's food supply, and their species are declining at a rapid pace due to destruction of their native habitats. Benavie Farms and Nursery realize the importance of not only growing your own food, but also saving the bees. At Benavie Farms, they specialize in perennials, pollinators, and produce, so you can support a community initiative, plant a garden, and save the bees all at the same time. We talk a lot about food security on my show, and the first step is growing your own food for yourself and your community, and you can do that while saving our pollinators. The staff at Benavie Farms are knowledgeable, friendly, helpful, and inclusive, and can't wait to help you start or expand your garden this spring. To learn more about a sustainable no-till urban farm, go to benaviefarms.com or find Benavie Farms on Facebook. I just got my hours cut again? How can I pay my bills? Yeah, it sucks, especially since they only pay us minimum wage. But what can we do? Solidarity Man. That's right, fellow workers. It is I, Solidarity Man, champion of the working class, and it sounds like you need a union. A union? That's right. What power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? So, a union makes us strong? That's right. Alone, you can do little to change your situation, but together, you can move mountains, and the industrial workers of the world are here to help. Huh? The IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow. Where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! Bob was just a normal suburban guy trying to make ends meet until one day everything began to change. I guess I'll log into Facebook. Hmm, that looks like a fun main page. It came for him without warning. He had no idea what dwells deep in the swamps. Hey, they also just give away seeds and stickers. It had him hooked and he didn't even realize it. Well, Produce is getting expensive, and I've always thought about starting a garden. The beast from Florida is coming with one goal. Hey, and I could give the extra vegetables away too. Anarchy. Well, maybe it's it's just best if we all help each other. Coming to a post office box near you, the Skunk Ape Liberation Union. And we are back. I hope you all enjoyed not only those ads, but also Tucker Carlson guesting on this episode. Uh, by the end of this season, we may actually get into a fist fight with Tucker Carlson, um, because I think that would be a funny bit to do. Bring it, Democrats. I practiced Muay Thai for three years. Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> so, it's not precedent for a sitting president to debate primary challengers, which to me isn't really democratic. Theoretically, we voted for a four-year term, and incumbent or not, just assuming the role of nominee based solely on being the incumbent isn't very democratic. 
What if someone like me who voted for the bastard in 2020 doesn't think he did a good job, what with the bailing on us during the pandemic or submitting an almost trillion dollar war budget or reading our no more or reading our no more oil pipelines signs as no comma more oil pipelines or that he's too old to continue on as president or that I don't want a strong I don't want to be strong armed into voting for an alleged sex pest again. Then what are my choices? Vote Republican? not vote. I already feel disenfranchised with the Democrats after I was told to vote for Corn Pop and then push him left. Well, we voted for him, and nobody in power actually pushed him left. He sat in the middle... Should be Porn Pop. Touching all his kids. (laughs) Right. Allegedly. I don't need to get sued. Oh, it's like that on video. Oh, nice. That was a a one worth keeping in. (laughs) That was a banger. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so we voted him in, and nobody actually pushed him left. He sat in the middle like, I don't know, a stubborn donkey. So what do I, as an independent voter, do in this case? I want to be invested in the Democrat side of things, simply because of the two-party system dynamic that's destroying this country since a bunch of slave-owning rich assholes said, no, we ain't going to pay taxes to offset the costs of the war we started to Mother England. The system has never worked, never been democratic, and is beyond fundamentally flawed. It's FUBAR all the way down, and always has been. That's exemplified by the refusal to hold primary debates, despite, as the article mentions, 68% of those polled don't or want the Democratic Party to hold debates. It doesn't matter what the actual people want. It just matters what the power elites want, and, buddy, that is never going to be what we want. Things like health care, universal education, labor protections, I could go on. All right, so... I need to get something off my chest that happened before this podcast even began to take shape in my mind. And although it happened years ago, it scarred me in some ways, and it's worth bringing up now. Alright, you're going to know where I'm going with this with the very first line. Look, I hate Hillary Clinton. (laughs) I don't hate her due to her gender or handling of her marriage to Bill or elitist attitude. I never did. I hate her because of her policies. Things like being too cozy with the big banks and the military-industrial complex, her domestic and foreign policy, her embracing a neoliberal capitalism, among many other policy failures in my eyes. Not to mention her beforehand coronation by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the DNC and the superdelegates that overturned the actual will of the people. Damn, what's it like to be a misogynist? Dude? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. Uh, when she ran in 2016, I was very vocal about my distaste for her policies. I stumped for Bernie, played guitar on the street corner, and registered voters for Bernie, and saw him speak three times. Once sitting on the top rail of a stock corral at my local 4-H building. How is that for some fucking cowboy politicking? <laughs> so. But the fact that I believed that Mr. Sanders was a better fit for my political agenda for me labeled me a Bernie bro, a Russian bot, a misogynist, and a Republican sympathizer. I got into all sorts of debates that bordered on arguments online during that cycle, and half of those were with friends who purported to hold the same values of me. Well, that was when they thought a Republican was going to be in office. So when Clinton lost, all I heard for damn near four years was that it was my fault. Well, not just me, but everyone who stood by their morals and refused to vote for an undemocratically elected nominee. 
At one point, I did take personal responsibility for 45, and I'm sorry, y'all, I didn't realize that actually voting my conscience made me single-handedly responsible for President Cheeto, and I'm going on the record now to apologize that my sole efforts tilted a national election. Y'all can't see it right now, but I'm rolling my eyes as I say that. <laughs> yeah, it's really just more poor bashing. Like, how dare you vote with your interests, your, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, totally. So the same rhetoric came up in 2020 as I spoke out against Biden in the primaries. I don't hate Joe for his age or his stutter. Side note, the dude is a shitheel, but let's not be ableist and make fun of his stutter. Sincerely, someone who still struggles with multiple speech impediments to this day. I mean, I do a podcast. You guys listen to it. I don't edit them all out. You guys are aware of my speech impediments and... Joe Biden sucks balls, but not because he talks funny, and it's fucked up to make fun of that. Actually, he sniffs there. And do you think there <laughs> is a speech there, like speech impediment Hall of Fame? And who are you putting in there, like top three? Um, Biden's got to be in there, right? Oh, no. I mean, there's – I mean, number one is obviously Porky Pig. Iconic. Okay. Like normalizing speech impediments and – Good show. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was some show that or some movie I've watched. I don't know. This is way off topic. <laughs> I, mean, I just feel like it's important. Like yeah. probably more important than a presidential election. Well, possibly. But I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with Porky Pig as the only one we need to mention in this conversation. Porky Pig and Joe Biden. Watch out, Porky Pig. <laughs> right. Porky Pig's Probably's done probably. making cartoons. Joe Biden might get another four years of president. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Are we technically making fun? No, we're not supposed to be doing this. That's what, okay, yeah, we're moving on now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I hate Joe Biden because we have Clarence Thomas thanks to him. He treated Anita Hill like shit. He passed a crime bill in the 90s, the opposition opposition to racial segregation in the 70s, breaking the railroad strikes, pretending the pandemic was over when it was still raging, his support and bailout for big banks, 1600 equals $2,000, his lack of legalizing cannabis, and a bunch of other things I won't list because then this episode would just be titled Joe Biden Sucks and Here's Why, followed by two hours of bullet points. Fuck Joe Biden. But that doesn't make me a fucking Republican. <laughs> Mike Tyson. That's the other one. Okay. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. I uh, number two. I, I'm I'm why did you get us back to this? <laughs> <laughs> I can't sorry, man. I I have ADHD. If I don't finish something, like it's gonna linger there. No. Do you or have yes, to do you have to do you have to let it linger? <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, let's jump back into this. No more, no more Hall of Fame for speech impediments, though. But I will say, since we brought it up, big shout out to all the uh, speech pathology teachers who work in the world. And I am very grateful for not only the one who worked with me and helped me work through a lot of would have been I wouldn't have been able to do this uh, show with the issues I had as a kid. And also a big shout out to my oldest kid's speech teacher. I worked at that school when she was doing her work with my kid and she did a great job and speech pathologists are fucking awesome so i don't know if you know a speech pathologist just like venmo them five bucks and say the guy on the podcast told me to do this (laughs) boy they sure picked a terrible name occupation name for for their job (laughs) truth I mean, I totally get it. Um, like, I talked a little bit about this in the episode I did about the 
Chiefs is like one of my speech impediments to this day is I have a hard time saying Chuck. I have a hard time saying my own fucking name after 39 or 35 years of working on it. And I still have to like consciously think about moving my mouth. Where's my tongue at? You know, um, that got real dirty real quick. Let's get back to this uh, script. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do, do, do. So I voted in Biden for in 2020. I didn't want to, but I did. Solely because he was supposed to handle the pandemic better than his predecessor. What I didn't realize was the only reason we were getting any type of support from the government was because Congress wanted to make 45 look bad, so they passed a bunch of good policy to do exactly that. Then Biden got elected, and the Democrats decided they didn't need to pass any more stimulus bills or COVID relief funds or assuring our immunocompromised comrades were safe or shut down work until the majority of the population was vaccinated. Biden getting elected meant all that stopped. You know what? Do you remember where you were the day that Joe Biden, uh, the election results were announced? Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah. No, because I probably didn't give a shit. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. I remember when Trump got elected in 16, I remember where I was at. Well, tell us about it. Um, I was at my baby mama's house watching, and... I was like one of the people who was saying like Trump is for sure going to win because mm-hmm. I watched the debates and I was like, there's just no fucking way this guy is not going to win. Like Hillary had nothing to say. And I just I just knew that was the vibe. And then watching the news, I remember everybody was acting so shocked. And I was like, really? Like, you guys are shocked. At this? <laughs> you didn't like, see this coming. Was, yeah. Yeah. Like. I didn't expect him to win, but I didn't expect him to necessarily lose terribly, you know? Mm, yeah. But when Biden got elected, I remember thinking, I remember was Super Tuesday, and mm. that's kind of when I turned off my brain on that because I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're, they're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought he was going to lose, and it didn't really – give me inspiration and then like the child tax credit happened mm-hmm. and a couple nice things happened and then nothing else good happened after that yeah everything else that might have possibly been good that biden attempted or his cabinet really attempted to do were all blocked by congress and the only afghanistan things... was pretty sick he did yeah he that did... was like the only thing that i will give him credit for. yes but at the same time i'm like he was a proponent of sending our army in there in the first place so i'm kind of like "Ooh, look you cleaned up a billion dollar trillion dollar mess that you and your buddies made woohoo but it is good that we're not destabilizing afghanistan anymore when we've got so many other uh, empire bases to destabilize yeah Uh, so um where i was in 2016 i was watching the election results till about 10 o'clock and at that point, you know, they'd called, you know, about 15 states, but they were all major states. And I was one of those people that was like, oh, well, Hillary's going to win, even though I didn't vote for her. Like, clearly she's going to win. I mean, this dude's fucking batshit insane. You know, we're talking about grab him by the pussy, dude, making fun of disabled people, you know, MAGA bullshit. So I go to bed. I woke up the next morning, six o'clock, before my alarm went off rolled over because I'm a political junkie and immediately checked my phone and I just felt this sinking sense of horror as I read the headlines. So I got up, 
put on some clothes, went outside. I'm sitting on my stoop, sun's not even up, smoking a cigarette. I actually was chain smoking because I was hella nervous. And I see one of my neighbors who happened to be an African-American, and she walked by me. She walking her dog with the most, like, struck or stricken look on her face. And she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And she's like, we'll do our best to get through it. And just went on about her day. And then that night, I was out in the streets uh, protesting this bastard and never really stopped. So, but in 2020, right? So, I celebrated the day the election was finally called. I went downtown, drove around, honking my horn in tandem with the melodic tunes of Fuck Donald Trump, blasting out of my oh, open no, windows. Trump. Yep. <laughs> Come to think of it, it was an unreasonably warm day for November. No worries, I'm sure Biden is making efforts to reduce climate change. Let me just fact check that real quick and oh. Oh no. Let's move on or else this is going to be another climate change episode. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, I wasn't... We're going to die at the end of the episode. Right? <laughs> Probably. It'll be like a day after tomorrow. Can I, thing. Just say, can I just say, like, I feel really bad for feeling like the way I did after the 2016 election because I felt a little vindicated mm-hmm. in, like, realizing, and a little, maybe this is the white privilege talking or just my, like, uncanny need to like be right all the time Mm -hmm. but um i feel vindicated for like seeing the writing on the wall and realizing like that's the direction things are headed and i actually felt charged up by like how i thought it would activate people you know yeah and like how it would push people further left because like if hillary wins or whatever the fuck like it it means that the dems get to rub it in the left's face and be like mm-hmm. see bernie or uh bernie wasn't electable it had to be hillary blah 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 blah. yeah but like that's they they got shat on you know yeah and like i've felt weirdly happy that that was the case but also mm-hmm. like frightened at the prospect of like a republican mm-hmm. supreme court and all that shit yep. but um i don't know sorry i just no to put that in. no i mean i i i don't i can't uh, identify with it because I didn't really feel the same way, but I can totally understand it. It's that German word that uh, I don't know how to pronounce, but the Schadenfreude or something, you know, where you're yeah. like, you know, something bad happens and you take joy in that because you're like, well, you kind of got what you deserved, you know, and that I, and like I don't, I didn't see a path for change if like the Dems won. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was I was the same way. I remember saying in 2016 that I preferred the Trump one because we may actually get some backlash against that after four years versus just more of the same with Hillary Clinton. And we did get a backlash from Trump. It just wasn't as extreme as I was hoping for, and we just no people didn't learn the fucking lesson. They never do. (laughs) It's almost like history repeats itself, and time is a fucking flat circle. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so I need to find where I was because I was... Oh, yeah. So, but the main thing about my little story is I wasn't celebrating Biden's victory. I was just celebrating Trump losing, if that isn't evident by this last, you know, 15 minutes of conversation or whatever. So, 
to me, it doesn't matter who wins, whether it's original fascism or fascism light. Now, with 10% less calories, freedom, and unity, it's still mm. fascism, and Democrats are as fascist as Republicans. They just hide it better. If we're not going to go all into why that is a true statement, and I will, I'm not going to uh, recant it. If you feel like I am in error on that subject, I suggest you go back and listen to my season one episode about the rise of American fascism. And if you do that and you still have beef with me calling the Democrats fascist, again, email me at redlegrevolution at gmail.com and I will meet you behind a Walmart at three in the morning and we will have a, a tickle fight. Okay? I was going to say, you, you're being... You need to quit being nice to your audience. They don't like that. Don't tell, tell them fucking deal with it. That's the way it is. Well, I'm I'm I've been doing that. I'm trying to go in a new direction in you know season oh, three. Change me. You you well mainly because you can't just neg them over and over and over. You have to occasionally give them positive reinforcement. You know. At you the, know how leftists <laughs> operate. Exactly. Wait, are you talking about pickup artists or leftists? The Venn diagram's a circle. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, not really though, because it, it's it's a pretty big you know overlap, but. Not not a complete circle because there are leftists who are not complete douchebags in the dating realm, but we all have something to work about or work on one way or another. Oh, dude. Let's see. I think we're actually going to wrap this episode up and then jump over to part two. So basically I've lost all faith in the democratic party after the past three years. Not that I really had any to begin with and Biden breaking the rail strike was the last straw for me. The Democrats won't be getting my independent vote for the presidency. I'll probably write in John Brown's corpse, and he still would be a better president with his dead ass than the guys who are running. John Brown's, de John Brown's decaying corpse 2024. <laughs> and on that note, uh, let's see how I can wrap this up and tie it all together. Let's see. Voting, whether we like it, it or not. Do it in Mario terms. Oh, no, I can't do that. That... I can't improv Mario for that long. Um, but yeah, so voting. What are you good at? Come on, man. Talking. Jesus Christ, research. I want to see you write a fucking podcast script. Michael Phelps. That's the <laughs> other guy who's in the Hall of Fame. Uh oh, I did not know he had a speech impediment. Yeah, dude. Check check it out. He's got a pretty, pretty heavy one. Oh, well. He's also, you know, five-time gold medal uh, winner. So mm -hmm. I like that kind of representation. It's better mm -hmm. than Joe Biden or Porky Pig. But Another white male in, <laughs> in the mix. Right. So, yeah, voting is important to do even if it sucks in America because we need to minimize harm to our comrades. And that is most important at the local level, as evidenced by a lot of the anti-trans people laws that have been passed. So in order to protect our community, we need to vote, and we have to do that because our only hope is each other. I did it, tied it up with a fucking bow. Joe, do you got any plug rules? Uh, I, rules, no, but I do think it's kind of ridiculous that we never talked about P. Diddy's vote or die campaign. <laughs> well, it might come up. We've, we've got a whole nother episode. Like you and I are staying here, but listeners okay. fuck off. You get to wait a week. Cause right. well, I, that, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Cause I, I have a, looks like a big, like I'm going to be real busy over the next couple weeks. So we're going to record this episode and then the next episode. And then I'm doing 
uh, episode with theoretically with another one of my friends tomorrow. So by the end of the week, I should have. What's her name? Is she pretty? Yes. And yes. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to doing an episode with her, even though it's going to be on the phone. She also owns a fucking donkey farm. How hot is that? (laughs) This is little Joe Biden's running around. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to plug me as usual. You can find us at Red Leg Revolution on Facebook, Red Leg Pod on Twitter. And please like, share, subscribe, all that good shit. Tell everybody that you know that you listen to this awesome podcast that just started season three. And it's going to be a good one. We've got lots of kick-ass subjects already lined up. I have probably the next six weeks or so um, are lined up. i got to write a few more scripts. But as I said, I'm going to have a backlog for a minute. So shit will we come. We will be interviewing to. Wario now. Yes, yes. Well, only if you can do a Wario impression, because I certainly can't. <laughs> okay, all right. We're, we're going to get out of here. So cue the fucking theme music, and we are out. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. Okay, that's the best I can do. Come on, man. (laughs) You don't know Jack. This has been a production of 419 Media. Got a minute.